things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta get doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Yo, grace and peace, guys. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology, where I'm your host, K-Dub. And today, we're going to talk about my old friend, Marcus Rogers. But before we do that, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're not, and as always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. If you've been following this channel for some time, you know I've done content on Marcus Rogers. Um, I know immediately when I mention that name, you have some people that'll, you know, immediately... Because I'm doing a video, I'm doing it for the intention of views and, you know, they'll assume all your motives. Let me dispel that right now. <laughs> I am only making this video to respond and critique to many of his uh, false views. Um, and I'm going to show uh, that soon. I know many people say, hey, man, you haven't done anything on Marcus Rogers. And honestly, I don't follow him. Um, I mean, I haven't seen anything uh, worth noting. And so when he's not wrong, I'm not just going to do a video just to do a video. Right. So. He recently put out a video on why he doesn't use words not found in the Bible, why he doesn't believe he should use the word Trinity, Oneness, Pentecostal, Baptist, etc. <laughs> and we're going to show how this is actually not helpful and that many people, uh, many Christians have adopted a anti-intellectualness about the faith. Right. And I'm going to demonstrate and uh, explain more what I mean by that. But let's just get into why he doesn't use those words. What's going on, my brothers and sisters? So I just want to address some... Oh, and let me say this, by the way. I think Marcus Rogers Studio has made a up major upgrade. And so this is me actually saying, hey, nice studio, man. I, I like it. Hey, I, I give props where props are due, you know? <laughs> I think directly, real quick, challenge a lot of people's thinking. Now, I've made several videos about this before. I've talked about it many times before. But I just wanted to have a video out there directly talking about it. People can click on it and get an understanding, all right? So when uh, I say, hey, I don't believe in the words Trinity or Oneness or uh, Pentecostal or Baptist or, you know, all these denomina denominational names, the reason why I don't is because I believe that God has called me to try to bring unity to the body of Christ, right? And so when it comes... So, hey, he, 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 he claims, right, the reason why he doesn't use these words is because God wants him to bring unity, I actually believe these words are helpful and, and I'll, I'll probably go more into this in a second, but these words are helpful because they explain very quickly your theological position on an issue. Uh, and you don't have to go give a 10 minute lecture for, for instance, um, what do you believe about the atonement? Well, I'm, I'm an imputationist right now. If you know what imputation means, right? God, uh, gives his righteousness to those who believe, right? He, he, the exchange, right? Your sin placed on Christ, Christ's righteousness given to you by faith. Um, you know, it, it, it really explains quickly what you believe in one quick word. And as long as you know that word, these words can be helpful. Um, you know, so th these theological terms, no one's arguing are in the Bible, but they explain a biblical concept or, you know, at least they should. <laughs> That's the uh, argument I'm making for Trinity and you know, other issues. And so, well, he's saying, well, we shouldn't use these words. And, and I found people who don't like theological preciseness don't like using these words. And right. They want to use uh, 
Bible words without actually explaining what that actually means. And we're going to he's going to really just demonstrate that here in a second. But let's continue to these words. Right. First of all, none of these words are in the Bible. And, <laughs> you know, you guys know where I'm coming, going to say right here. Well, OK, that's true. But neither is Bible. Everyone who does this, who says things like this, actually uses words that aren't in the Bible, like Bible. <laughs> Bible is not found in the Bible. So I always say, hey, should we reject the Bible? It, no, that would be absurd. But that's, I mean, it's, it's not a consistent position that he holds, right? The problem that I seem to, to have is that somebody, you know, a couple thousand years ago, they opened up the Bible and they looked at the Godhead and they said, hmm, I'm going to call that Trinity. I'm going to call that oneness. I'm going to call myself Lutheran. I'm going to call myself Baptist. And so then what happens is people run around like they're in a gang and they say, hey, do you believe in Trinity? Do you believe in oneness? Do you believe in Baptist? And then they base somebody's salvation on whether or not they believe in this word. Well, it's actually a little more, uh, <laughs> I've been hating this word lately, but nuance than that. Uh, he says, well, people just read the Bible. Um, and it's like, hey, I'm going to just call the Godhead this, right? Actually, what brings about theological preciseness and uh, language, uh, you know, this language like 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 Trinity, um, you know, imputationist, uh, you know, all, all these, you know, words we use is debate, right? People are saying people start reading the Bible and they start saying different things, right? And so people will say, hey, well. Let's define what we mean by this. And that's what actually brings about these theological uh, words and categories like like Trinity. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a lot more nuanced. He says, well, people say, well, if you don't believe in this word, right, they treat you like a gang and you're, you're not a Christian. Well, again, it's not the word. It's the concept more so. You don't have to use Trinity if you don't like it. Hey, OK, that's fine. As long as your concept is Trinitarian. And so, you know, I know a lot of people who, who have good doctrine and they, they kind of agree like, hey, I don't want to use uh, non-biblical language, but they explain exactly what the Trinity position is. They just don't necessarily like the term. Right. That's that's fine. Uh, you know, so it's not actually what he he kind of reduces it to. Well, say Trinity, say Trinity or I'm we're going to jump you in. <laughs> you know, like that's actually not what's happening. And uh, it, videos like this actually create more confusion to the body. He talks about he wants to bring unity. Well, videos like this actually don't bring unity because they bring misclarity on what actually the people you're disagreeing with are actually saying. So it's actually not helpful, Marcus. That is nowhere to be found in the Bible that Jesus never used, that the apostles never used. And they never use Bible, Marcus. <laughs> you want something funny? He's going to hold this, uh, this little binder up here in a second. It says firehouse. They never use firehouse. I guess we should reject your church. Like, like I said, there's no consistency when people actually say things like that. I'll never use some dude opened his Bible and he started using it. And you can say it started trending and people started to identify with a word that is nowhere to be found in the Bible. Multiple words that are nowhere to be found in the Bible. So then you. Run uh, and again, the issue is, is the concept found in the Bible? I, I mean, I think that's a simple point, right? You use a theological word or category um, that explains a concept. It should fit what's in the Bible. You know, I mean, 
there, there are a lot of words that aren't found in the Bible that we use. You know, many of the omnis, you know, omni, you know, that people use, but they explain a, a, a category, omniscience, uh, you know, uh, omnipresent, but they explain theological categories that we use that are found in the Bible. And like I said, he he uses he, he's going to do it a bunch of times in the in this video. He's going to explain things that he believes are biblical. He uses non-biblical words to explain what he believes the Bible teaches. You can't actually escape this because as soon as you, you know, you read the Bible verse and you try to explain what it means, you're going to, you're going to use, uh, you know, non-biblical words, but hopefully the, the concepts are explaining what you just read. That's the, that's the issue. Around and you say, well, if you don't believe in this word, you're not saved. The only again, no one's doing that. No one's saying, "Hey, believe in the word Trinity." No, we're saying the concept. Requirement to be saved is to be born again. And, and I'm actually because he's going to make this point too. The only thing you must do to be saved, right, is be born again. So, <laughs> talk about a reductionist view of the faith. I guess you can be a polytheist. Um, you know, hey, you could be antinomian. Um, you can believe there are thousands of gods so uh, with all with all this there's no actual this is kind of a pluralistic belief now he's actually going to clarify this a little later and and build on this so it's kind of funny he's originally says hey it's you know um only thing hey repent and believe right or you know be born again that's what he says but actually what's he, what he means by that is going to come out later too so stand by because i know we know he's taught hey you must be baptized to be saved you must speak in tongues to be saved. You know, so he he's actually contradicting his past theology. Well, hey, that word's not found in the Bible. Can't use it, even though study of God. So anyways, <laughs> he's going to contradict himself from his past videos and even further in this video. You don't have to pledge your allegiance to a man-made word that somebody added to the Bible. See, you can, real ones know who's real. If you don't have a religious mind, right, you can tell like who's who really belongs to the Lord. And this is the constant Marcus Rogers uh, you know, <laughs> tactic, right? You know, hey, okay, so maybe you disagree, but hey, I'm going to go with this, hey. If you disagree with what I'm saying, well, well we know who's saved, right? Because my spirit bears witness, I can tell. You know, so if you do use these theological words, I'm going to label you as not having the spirit. Which is funny because, like I said, this video is filled with contradictions. Because later he's going to say, hey, you, you, you can't just tell someone they're not saved because they don't agree with you. Well, he literally does that in this video. But he's here to bring unity and clarity, right? My sheep know my voice, right? Your spirit will bear witness the same way that someone... And, and that's not what that verse means. But <laughs> but like I said, he, he constantly just attacks those who don't hold to his position. Who really has a prayer life and they really fast a lot. You can tell when you get around other people who pray, who fast, and who don't. It's so-, so apparently if you just pray and fast, God will just give you uh, knowledge of someone's heart even prior to them speaking. And you'll just know if they're saved. I mean, wow. I mean, <laughs> we should all be more spiritual like Marcus Rogers because, I mean, I've, I've never just walked up to someone and be like, doesn't the Bible, I mean, that seems to contradict the Bible's don't judge on appearance. I mean, you got to actually know what someone believes and you got to hear them.
before they before you make this kind of judgment. You know, tuck, I mean, this is super judgmental. You look at someone and say, well, I know you're not saved. My spirit is not bearing witness with you. Yikes. Something that you just know in the spirit, like when someone really spends time with the Lord, right? And the Holy Spirit is really moving in their life. When you really spend time, you just, you see it. You recognize it. There's this, there's this fellowship because it's one spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me. It's in you. You don't have a different spirit. I don't have a different spirit. It's one spirit. And, you know, I see so many crazy things, right? I see people from different denominations that they have the same perspective they're posting and preaching about the same stuff that's going on in the world, warning about the same things. So the Holy Spirit is talking to you and the Holy Spirit is talking to you, leading you and guiding you into all truth. But you can't talk to each other because you have a difference of words that are not. No, Marcus, not just a difference of words, a different uh, explanation, understanding and concept of God himself. What Marcus Rogers does is he wants to belittle the difference of, of these views. There are major differences in these views. And he wants to downplay them. Oh, it's not that big a deal. I mean, think about it. I mean, we're talking about God, the most important topic in the Bible, obviously, right? And Marcus Rogers essentially says it doesn't matter. I see I would argue that uh there are things that other people make of of higher importance that don't matter, but the view of God does matter. Right? What he has revealed himself to be who he is, it matters matters a great deal. And we can't just say, well, hey, look, well, you know, it's it's all good. You know, yeah, you're preaching polytheism. Yeah, you're preaching modalism. Hey, we're just we're all we're all cool. Kumbaya, right? No, I think these things are, are important. Not even in the Bible. I believe everything in the Bible from the front to the back. <laughs> Again, Marcus Rogers, Bible isn't in that Bible front to back. Well, I mean, unless you're talking about your front cover, but. Obviously, God didn't write that, right? He didn't inspire your front cover, your page, right? Because that's the case. He he, he made the uh, chapter divisions and all. Anyways, that's that's another point. But it, again, it's an anti-intellectual position, right? Many many fundamentalists have this uh, attitude, and I'm using that um, term from like an independent fundamentalism has this kind of view like, hey, just show me show me that word in the Bible. You know, you show them the concept and they're like, nope, I want to see the word, right? Or show me the phrase. Like Muslims have this view, right? Show me where Jesus said, I am God, worship me. That phrase. It's like you show you show where he says he's God. You show where people are worshiping and they're like, nope, I don't see it. So it's, it's not real helpful. Like, like I said, you, 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 act, he, you know, when, I'm sure and I'm, I'm sure when he's teaching, he, he uses these categories of words that aren't found in the Bible, but I'm sure many times he's right that the concept is actually found there. So again, it's a, it's a double standard, right? When, when I don't like the word, we won't use it. All right. I believe in the Godhead. I believe that there are three and these three are one. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. He is fully God. He is God in the flesh. He is the eternal God. I'll give you another example where people get upset with me just to clarify. I said, you know, uh, Jesus was a thought one time, right? And people got so upset. I do believe Jesus uh, is eternal, but. And, and so Marcus Rogers, let me explain this because um, he says Jesus is eternal. Well, Marcus, here, here's actually the problem. Marcus Rogers is trying to actually blend unblendable, um, unblendable <laughs> ideologies and theologies. 
You know, he's a modalist. He believes that, that there is only one person in the Godhead that manifests himself in three different modes, uh, classic modalist positions. So, you know, you've heard of the example of water, ice, what, what you, you got the solid, liquid and gas, right? That is a classic modalist understanding of the nature of God. So he said, no, Jesus is eternal in the sense that he was always a thought or a word. That's actually well, it's unbiblical. Um, but it, it's a, obviously it's a different understanding of the nature of God. And Jesus can't be eternal if he was a thought, because if that's the case, everything's eternal. Right. If he was just a word from God, then everything, you know, if you want to say, well, that means you're eternal. Well, then everything's eternal, Marcus. Because didn't Jesus, didn't, or didn't the father have you as a thought eternally? You, I'm sure you say yes, but you would be like, well, that doesn't mean I'm eternal. Exactly. You would say there was a time where the father or the son did not, uh, you know, manifest himself as that mode. From the beginning, it was the father. Right. I'm, I, that's classic modalist position. But what he does, and if you remember that video where, right, him and his uh, his buddy, uh, what, 70 feet tall Jesus or the father, right, where I explain how he's actually blending uh, multiple positions. And, 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 and to be honest, I think people who hold to oneness theology should be equally upset because it's it's a denial. It's a, it's a denial of oneness as a denial of Trinitarian. If you read your Bible, right, it says the word became flesh. What is a word? All right. I give you an example. Trinity, oneness. These are a word. Somebody said this word and now you've got whole churches built off identifying with this word. But a word started what? In somebody's heart, in somebody's mind first, then they spoke the word. So again, that again, so Jesus existed first as a thought or in the heart of the Father. I mean, it, that's a denial of the Trinity, right? Because we believe there are three separate persons that share the one being of God, co-eternal, co-existing, uh, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But he's saying, no, Jesus existed in the heart. He was a thought in the in the mind of the father. So therefore, he's eternal. Like I said, that doesn't actually follow. Right. So the word became flesh. The, the only thing that I was saying, you could take away the word thought. Right. You could just say word instead. You don't like the word thought that bothers you. The only way thing that I was trying to get people to explain is what form was the word before the word became flesh. And I'll answer that, Mark, as if that's been the great confusion, the word that is the son of God, Jesus, distinct from the father, was spirit. As the Bible said, God is spirit. So, yes, I mean, that's the only is it you either are flesh or spirit. Right. And so the word became flesh, meaning he wasn't always. Right. He became this. He, he, he that was the uh, what he took on. But prior to that, no, he he did not have a body. And so that might that might be confusing. That might be confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. What was the son prior to uh, um, the incarnation? Well, he wasn't the father. He wasn't just a thought. We know that because the Bible, Jesus actually speaks of him sharing glory with the father. John 17. Him being in, in the presence of the father. John one. So it's not that he was a thought. Not that he was just in the father's heart. That's not what the Bible says. 
The Bible says in Hebrews that a body was prepared for him. So there was a body that was prepared for Jesus. So before the word became flesh, how did he exist with God, right? The father, how did he exist? Was he a body walking around the garden of Eden? No, he was spirit. Was he a physical body? Was he a spirit? Yes. The Bible only tells us he was the word made flesh. Okay, so uh, apparently, so the Bible doesn't tell us, I guess. I mean, it I, seems like it's what he's saying. The Bible only tells us the word was made flesh. Well, prior to that, what would he be? I mean, there are flesh and spirit. So what else would he be? He, he's a thought. No, that's not what the Bible ever says. If you read Genesis where it says, let there be uh, light, it's not talking about the sun. It's not talking about the stars because that wasn't created till the fourth day. It's talking about the light of the world. Let there be light. The word was spoken. Now it's eternal because the lamb was slain before the foundation. That's actually not what it means. <laughs> uh, he's saying, well, no, the light means that's when the word was spoken. And what he means by word is Jesus. That's when the Jesus first um, you know, I mean, the father spoke of Jesus. So that was the word being made flesh. No, that that's not even true because the word wasn't made flesh in Genesis one. The word was made flesh at the incarnation. That doesn't even make sense. The world. See, but, but, but that's the thing. It's not even a heaven or hell issue. So people are arguing about, Hey, am I going to see one person standing in heaven? Is there going to be three people standing in heaven? Is there going to be two? The Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. The only requirement for somebody to be saved is to be born again, to be born of the water, to be born of the spirit. Bottom line. And I don't see many people challenging this religious stuff the way that I have because people are so content just being put in a box. They're so content saying, you know what? I'm with my people. We're Trinitarians. We're apostolics. We dress like this. We move like this. When the reality is you just got to be like, you know what? Christ is the head of the church, not the head of the Trinity, not the head of the Pentecostal, not the head of the Baptist, not the head of, he's the head of the church. And what some people can't seem to understand is that that is bigger. He's the head of the body. He's the head of the church. It's bigger than your little denomination and your little church and the people who agree with you. Yeah, it's bigger than Firehouse. <laughs> but oftentimes, if you disagree with Marcus Rogers, Firehouse Church, um, you know, the position is, well, you don't have the spirit, which was actually done in this video and is going to be done again. You put God in the box. Well, if you disagree with Marcus Rogers and his position, well, <laughs> you're not saved. Right. If, if you actually uh, hold to a, a biblical concept like Trinity and believe it's a central doctrine. Well, you're the one that's not saved. You don't have the spirit. That, I mean, that's what's said. So if you actually you have the gall to believe that uh, the nature of God is actually essential. Right. And they're not just uh, just little words we, we need to be arguing about, but concepts that we need to affirm and believe then you're actually causing division. That's what's being told to us. Wow. People have it in their mind like, oh, if you don't agree with me on this, then uh, you're not saved. But that's not biblical. But Marcus Rogers is actually doing the same thing. If you don't, if if you don't, I mean, essentially what he's taught is, if you don't, um, if we don't just drop arguing about all this 
non-heaven or hell stuff, right? Apparently the nature of God isn't a heaven or hell issue. Then, then you don't have the spirit. That's what we were told earlier. It's going to be said again. It's not, no matter how mad people get about it, the only heaven or hell issue is to be born again. Peter and Paul did not agree on everything. That's why they got there and they were arguing about circumcision and should they eat this, should they not eat this. Wasn't a heaven or hell issue. And because Paul and Peter didn't agree on circumcision? I, I don't I don't recall that one. <laughs> Are you talking about the Jerusalem Council? I, I don't know what you're referring to. That they they did agree. I, I don't know what he's talking about right there people are so religious and they don't even know that they're religious it's hard for them to accept that it's hard for them so again if if, if you have a a uh, you know a backbone to defend your theological position oh you're religious you know this is the constant theme of those who actually hate doctrine they hate theology right they hate theological preciseness anyone coming on with theological precise language and you know who actually cares about theology the bible the word of god the study of it Oh, you're just a religious spirit. You're like a Pharisee. You know, it's, it's it's language meant to communicate. Don't listen to you, but it's actually not engaging your argument. Again, I, I, you know, I've said it before in this video. I'll say it again. It's the anti-intellectualism of many modern day Christians, right? They want the experience of, you know, the Bible, Christianity without any explanation, right? Now, on the other side, yeah, you do have those who are want the explanation without any, you know, um, through the spirit, right? Who wants to, you know, live out what the Bible says. Yeah, sure. You do have, there's errors on both sides, but right now I'm just in this, his, his error, <laughs> you know, he wants the experience of all the Christianity, but when it comes to explaining what this actually means and, and being precise, biblically, right. Uh, a, a theological accuracy. It's like, ah, you know, who God is, ah, come on, man, just start, let's stop arguing. You know, you're a Pharisee if you disagree, Right. It's, it's meant to communicate something negative, but it doesn't actually explain or engage the argument at hand to say, hey, that's my brother in Christ. They've been born again. I'm going to I'm, they're going to heaven. Now, what's the definition of being born again? We've talked about that. We've done several uh, videos about that being born of the water and of the spirit. You go read John three. Go look at what Peter preached in Acts two: repent and be baptized. Ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. And so he actually says. Now, again, this is where I would disagree because this is actually a problematic view. Being born again is, you know, water baptism. Now, I've done a video on this where I explain that's not true. Water being born again is is actually re referenced back to Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27, where the being born again of the water and the spirit is talking about it's a cleansing act internally. Right. It's something one is something God does, not that you do. Right. You must be born again. Right. That is something God does. Right. That's done by the spirit of God. That's clear in John three, clear in Ezekiel 36. But he, he says, well, no, that's water baptism. Well, he he may say what, you know, but it's a it's a spiritual act of God. Which I believe this causes uh, a workspace gospel, if you believe that. You know, or it's inconsistent with the with the. Like I said, I've explained it. We're not going to rehash that. But but again, see, this is also many, many false teachers do this. They cloak themselves in using biblical language, right? Born again. No one would would uh, object to that, right? No one would would object to, uh, you know, many the, the words found in the Bible, right? You know, walk in the spirit. But what many false teachers do is they'll use biblical language but they actually changed the, the meaning of what that word means. He just did it right there. Born again actually means being baptized. 
You cannot prove that. We can walk through John 3 and I can demonstrate how that's not the case. No one will no one will conclude that if they were just reading the Bible. But again, like I said, this you have to be aware of false teachers and how they operate. And yes, Marcus Rogers is a false teacher, just in case <laughs> you, you weren't catching what I was saying. You see that pattern in Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 8 over and over again. So if someone is spirit filled, I don't care what denomination they're from. I'll sit, I'll talk with you. We'll have a conversation. We might not agree on everything. And, and let me just say this. I, I, I'm willing to have a conversation even with those I think are false teachers. But Marcus Rogers actually doesn't believe this. Because remember, if like I say, you've been following my channel where I offered to have a debate with him. I'll co come to Chicago and we can have a discussion about the issue of the Trinity and the Godhead. We can have one on baptism. But he, he rejected my offer. So he actually doesn't want to have conversations with those who disagree with him. You know. Or, or at least me. Okay, I'll be fair to Marcus Rogers. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just too mean. Maybe I'm not nice enough. I don't know. But I'm not going to say, oh, that guy is false or this guy is this. People, people, it really be a pride thing if people want to be real. It really be a pride thing. I see it this way. And anybody that doesn't see it the same way as me, I, I just understand the Bible so deeply. Even though the Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. Yes, great is the mystery of godliness. Um. But God has revealed who he is. So we can know that. Again, this is what many unbelievers, they want to cloak them. Sorry, false teachers. Okay, okay. <laughs> false teachers want to cloak themselves with just with mystery. And, and, and let me say this. There are some things that are mysterious about God. We don't know all things about God. But what he has revealed, we know. People want to act like they got God figured out. And so then they'll sit there and, you know, I see it this way. Anybody who doesn't see it like me, they are a wolf in sheep's clothing. Nonsense. Look at the fruit. It's so crazy to me. I see people from different denominations. I don't care what nobody say. Like, I know these people are sure enough saved. I've had so many people come against me and I said, man, look, look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. I clearly love the Lord. I clearly put it. The, the Bible says uh, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I've put all my money into building the kingdom for years. People don't like that. But e everything I do, I can back it up with Bible. Casting out devils, speaking in tongues. Uh, what about casting out uh, snakes from people's back? <laughs> Where's that in the Bible? You know, um, there, there, no, there are many things you do that aren't found in the Bible. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, baptizing, uh, he that believes in is baptized shall be saved, right? The Bible says, uh, he says, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Everything I do, I got Bible for. Now you might not agree, but it's not a, 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 a lot of it is not a heaven or hell issue outside of being born again. And so apparently you can reject that Jesus is God. Um, you know, all be a polytheist. I mean, as long as you are born again. As long as you believe that, you're good. You're good. Where, where does the Bible say that? You, you, where's your scripture for that? Because <laughs> the Bible never says that. There are many things. I mean, that's another one. The Bible says that, hey, if you reject a different gospel, if you reject the gospel, you're not saved. You're an anathema. You're cursed. Where is that in your category, Marcus Rogers? I'm going to keep challenging people's perspective. Stop judging someone's salvation based off of their denomination or words that are nowhere in the Bible. Somebody could open the Bible and look at the God's Godhead and say, hmm, I think I'm going to call it the boo-boo blah blah. And then they run around and they say, 
Do you believe in the boo-boo, blah-blah? And if you say no, they say, oh, you're not saved. Now, that's just silly, right? <laughs> no one's arguing for uh, words that just are made up. Like, ah, nah, nah. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe those who speak in tongues. But nevertheless, um, no one's arguing for that. These these words, like, you know, Trinity, they, they actually have a concept. You know, three, you know, I mean, even oneness, it's communicating one that is in the person personhood of God. Right. So th- these words actually have to make sense and, and actually explain your own concept. Right. It's just not made up gibberish. When I break down what I believe in the Bible, I've had people say, hey, you know, that's what I believe. I say, yeah, well, that's what these people believe. Like I've heard people say, oh, you know, one is people. They don't believe that Jesus is God. He's eternal. It's not true. One is people do not believe Jesus is, is eternal. They believe he's God because they believe he's the father in a different mode. Right. So obviously they will believe he's God, but they deny his eternality. I mean, they do. I've sp- spoken to many uh, modalists, many people who believe in the oneness doctrine. What you're actually doing is actually creating confusion because you're trying to blend some version of the Trinity and some version of the oneness doctrine together. It's actually is not helpful. And they've never had a conversation with different groups and the same vice versa. Really what people be arguing about is we're going to, are we going to see three separate people standing around in heaven? Is there going to be two? Is there one? Guess what? You're going to find out when you get there. I'm gonna- There's no way to know if the Trinity or oneness is false right now. No clue. You'll find out when you get to heaven. Interesting. Very interesting. Keep pushing back. I'm going to keep pushing for unity uh, in the body of Christ. And whoever don't like it, guess what? That's the spirit of the Antichrist. (laughs) So he spends all this time talking about like, hey, uh, you know, if you're arguing for Trinity and Oneness, you know, you know, if you're saying people aren't saved, hey, that's that's demonic. That's not true. But then he goes around the flip side and say, hey, I'm going to argue for my position. If you don't like it, (laughs) you're you're the Antichrist. That's so funny. So he's like, you're doing the same thing other people are doing, supposedly. That's not right. The the irony of this video. Christ is the head of the church. So when you come in against that unity, when you can't, blessed are the peacemakers. Look, hey, we don't agree on this. We don't agree on this. But let's push Jesus and the Holy Spirit will lead them and guide them into all truth. If they really love the Lord, you should be cool with that. Anybody that's moving against that. Anybody that's moving against that unity, especially people who are legit, spirit-filled, and God is speaking and moving through them, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. So if you disagree with me, you know, because, right, I'm I'm, I'm moving in the spirit, obviously, right, Marcus Rogers speaking. I, I got fruit, right? I, I'm, I'm for unity. Then you're the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, does the Bible actually teach that if you come against Marcus? Right, he said he's back up all these things. If you come up against Marcus Rogers... Because of this new theology he's created, right? Because he claims to be of unity. Um, th- you're the spirit of the Antichrist? Absolutely not, right? You can't prove that at all. But again, that's what false teachers do. They actually confuse these categories and language and, right? Actually create condemnation. Well, man, if I, I can't agree with the MOG, right? I can't agree with the man of God because I don't want to be of the Antichrist. It, it, it creates fear. It creates fear to not go against the position that you're actually teaching, not to even look into it, study it, right? Because, hey, man, if I if I do and I come with a belief, man, that the Trinity is true, and if you reject it, yeah, it's problematic and error and heresy. Well, I, I can't believe that because Marcus Rogers told me not to with no Bible verse. <laughs> because you're creating division in the body and the Bible says mark them. 
I'm gonna be real with you. If you ain't talking about unity in these these last times, you ain't in the spirit. Because that. <laughs> so if you, if you're not willing to come with me, right, be unified, you're not in the spirit, right? Um, it, no, Marcus Rogers, it's actually you who caused division, because you come along thousand years, uh, teaching stuff that is unbiblical, and and say, hey, now if you don't agree with this, this is how false teachers make their mark. They 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 come against the church, right? Joseph Smith did it. They come along teaching something different and right and, and create a whole movement of followers and people. And if you don't agree with that, then you're demonic. This, this isn't something new. False teachers always do this. They come into the flock, right? Steal the sheep or try to steal the sheep, right? And they create division that way. Paul talked about it in Acts 20. The whole thing, the devil wants us to stay divided. That's why we can't take a stand for nothing, because we so divided. Something to think about. Y'all be blessed. Yeah, something to think about. You know, y'all know how I do it. You know, I want you to... Think about it. Think about these issues that I'm talking about. Not believe me. Hey, let's have a conversation. Study the Bible on these issues. Is the Trinity essential? I believe so. I've done a video on my channel with Brother Rick Caldwell. By the way, subscribe to his channel. Where I've explained these issues. Why the Trinity is essential. Right. And not just words we, we, we're arguing about, but why it's essential and why it's biblical. Hope this video was helpful. Like I said, uh, every now and then I'll do videos on Marcus Rogers if I see something worth responding to where I thought this was worth responding to. So hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully you learned something here. Guys, Kate up till the next time. Grace and peace.